0: Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by every Arizona fan's favorite national media person, Mr. Aaron Torres. Hello, Aaron Torres. How are you? I'm good, Mike. What's going on, buddy? It's been a while. How so you been? Coming to, you're coming to us live, I assume, from the Big Bear Canyon, um, uh, you know, we're retreat, that's what it looks like.
0: First, yeah, the, the Aaron Torres media retreat. We have a retreat every time this year. We bring on everybody. Uh, no, this is the PHNX bunker. We've discussed this before. Last time I was here because Purdue fans were after me. Um, I don't know where I stand with Purdue fans. You know, we had Matt Painter on my, my radio show the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if he knew that I was the one that really started the Zach Eadie narrative, but I asked him about it. Woo! My guy had a lot to say. Uh, don't even know that he was necessarily wrong on a lot of it but uh but yes yeah, so I was here last time because it was last time I came out with you was right before the Purdue Arizona game right um and my whereabouts could not be known not only for my my protection but also for your protection as well those purdue True. fans were on fire but now I'm great now we're just hanging out we're kicking up our feet uh and as your intro said it's almost March man I cannot believe it
1: all right. Speaking of which, all right, you're a long suffering UConn Huskies alum. It must be different. More Hurley, twenty four, baby.
0: I just happen to have my uh, More Hurley, twenty four shirt. But anyway, neither here nor there.
1: Oh, all right. Now, UConn right now looks like the best team in the country. I'm sorry, I'm going to sure. take them over Purdue. Um, I'll believe <laughs> that when I see it. But let me let's talk a little bit about where Arizona factors into the grand. So scheme. glad you led with this. We what? don't prep, but this was one of two things that I wanted to talk with you about. So go there, you, ahead. there you go. I know because we're on subliminal wavelengths. Yes. Um, but here's where I stand. Right now, I believe that UConn is the best team in the country. I, they check off the most boxes uh, from coaching to physicality across the board. But after that, I believe that Arizona – I'll take Arizona over pretty much anybody at this point. Again, come March, anything can happen. I get it. But to me, it's UConn, and then I think Arizona's upside is the – Arizona has the only is the only team I believe that has the upside to be able to uh, match UConn's. How about that? So it's, it's
0: interesting. You know, I thought, cause I'm trying to put together my show for tomorrow as well. It's a little bit of a quieter, you know, week, whatever. Um, and this was a topic that I was thinking about. It's like, I think we all agree, like, listen, whether you think that Purdue is number one or number two, like they deserve based on what they've done to for be sure. there. So I was thinking about doing who's number three and I think it's Arizona. I mean, I, I honestly do it. It has nothing to do with I'm on PHNX Wildcats. I could be on PHNX Sun Devils here, uh, which I might do later in the show today. We'll see what we'll see what the day brings me. But I think, listen, I think it's for the reason that you said. And, and I really think the Colorado game crystallized that for me, right? Because all the in re- Arizona has not been perfect, especially away from home, especially outside of Arizona this year. But I bring it up because, you know, that was the game, right? they they not great against Utah. They went in triple overtime. You know, I tweeted what, what an ugly game it was, and everybody agreed. And then, of course, like an hour later, people would see the tweet. Wait, what a triple overtime. What do you want from us? Nobody's winning on the road. It's like, well, right. if you had seen the tweet in real time, you would have agreed right. that it was kind of a sloppy game, whatever. So then you go to Colorado. I'm sold yet again. This is a real team. Thad, not Thad Motto. What's his name? Tad Boyle. That Boyle. Oh. My goodness, he's amazing. He does more with less every year. This guy lost in the NCAA tournament to Kevin Ollie. Okay, let's everyone, everyone let's pump the brakes here. Okay. Um, he's Kevin okay, Ollie, yeah, he's fine, but so I bought into that narrative of oh, the altitude and triple overtime or whatever, and Arizona just smoked him, right? And so when you see again everything that you said, the guard play, uh, the athleticism, the size, I know Balo is at times frustrating, but when you could go two seven-footers. I'm with you. I, I I just think you know the the key in March, and and this is not a new thought, but I you know we I'm sure you and I have talked about it before, is you have to be able to win games multiple ways. And I actually think UConn's a great example of that. Is yeah. that uh, Dan Hurley has said publicly. He said uh, up until literally last season, he said we prioritize defense, toughness, physicality, whatever. And he's like, I realized at a certain point you can't teach putting the ball in the basket. And so again, to your point, Mike check all the boxes and I'm talking about Arizona and I'm not UConn mm-hmm. and you can win so many different ways. You can play big, you can play small, you can play four guards with key shot at the five. If you have to, you can do whatever it takes. You can win high scoring games. So to me, I'm with you is I, I think, you know, Arizona, uh, UConn and Purdue deserve to be talked about as one and two. If you want to say that until Purdue does it in March, you're not going to give them credit as a, as a title favorite. That's fine. But I think Arizona is
1: right there at number three. Yeah, and the thing with Arizona that I think is very intriguing come March is Arizona now has a guy that last year they didn't have the dude that you could just get the ball to and get out of the way. Now, again, I know that sometimes people are like, well, Caleb Love is efficiency. I don't care. I'm here for the whole Caleb Love experience, good and bad. I'll take that dude with the ball at the end of the game every single day of the week. It's like a
0: semester abroad, right? It's like you you go to – I I didn't do a semester abroad, but like – If you go to uh, France, you're like, yeah, I want to see the Eiffel Tower. But I'm going to go to Amsterdam for a weekend, too. Like, I want the whole experience. And that's what
1: you get with Caleb Love. So, yeah, But you know what? He's made so many big shots in his career. And last year in the game against Princeton, nobody wanted the shot. As good as the Julius de was, he didn't want the shot. Um, Kurt Kreese had talked about wanting the shot. He didn't want the shot. Caleb Love wants the shot. So that, to me, is one big thing. The other is that you can go small. You can go big. And, you know, I think that's what's kind of uh, frustrating for so many Wildcat fans is you see all of this. You can bring a dude like K.J. Lewis off the bench, which we're going to get to in just a minute because you and I will take a victory lap on K.J. Lewis. Hell yeah. We will. But um, again, they can pretty much match you in any way with, with, with the guards, with the uh, upfront. But I, I've been saying this all year, Aaron. To me, this comes down to Kylan Boswell. If Kylan Boswell is good, again, don't need him to be All-American good. I need him to be fringe all-conference good. If he can be 13-5, and five, Arizona's can cause a lot of problems, but when he's zero, zero, zero across the stat line, that's a really hard one to overcome.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, and I know that's been a point of frustration with Arizona fans is the up and down inconsistency. I mean, listen, that's the oldest cliche in college basketball, right? Is that guard play wins in March and there's something to it. And it's not just guard play. Like what you said with Caleb love is, can you get baskets? It's, it's, the full experience of guard play. It's yes. it's uh free throws. It's ball handling. It's not turning the ball over. It's making open shots. It's all of that. And obviously Kylan Boswell, like as weird as it sounds, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if he's just like, say the most, just say it. No, no, no. I don't know if he's like the most complete guard on the right. roster, but he's the guy that generally has the ball in his hands. And so, right. like you said, Caleb love can do a lot. Uh, the other guys on the roster could do a lot. Pella can do a lot. You just need Kylan Boswell not to be a net negative. So I agree with you on that is that I've I've heard there's some advanced metrics that say like Pella Larson's like one of the most important players in college basketball. I still think for this team specifically it's Kylan Boswell because he does a lot of – and he seems to be okay like doing, you know, not being the guy that has the ball in his hands, not being the guy that takes the big shot, not being the guy that gets 18, 19, 20 points
1: a game. And as long as you have that, uh, uh, I think that's important. And I think what's really also important too is that Arizona's got three guys off the bench, two guys that have been able to really uh, contribute consistently and Jaden Bradley, and especially KJ Lewis sheer. You were wrong on KJ Lewis. We're about to make fun of sheer about that. But also when you can bring Krivit to me, Crevis is really important in all of this, because if I can bring, a seven footer off the bench that can play and can be productive. That is always a very, very nice thing. But that's also something too. Arizona didn't have three guys that you could bring off the bench last year. And, you know, one or two of them are probably NBA players. And in KJ Lewis, we're probably looking at a lottery pick at some point.
0: Yeah, we've talked well, we've talked about this. I remember talking about it with the Purdue game, is I think the the top eight is as good as Uh, anybody in the country and I'd have to like sit there and think about who UConn's top eight is all that stuff. But I think that's the key. And I think here's the other thing too, Mike, and this is important. It is a defined eight players. Like you look at some of these teams. I mean, you know, Kentucky is still, and part of it, they've had a lot of injuries, whatever, but they're still like tinkering with it's, it's February 15th right now. Like they're still tinkering with lineups, trying to figure it out. And I, I do give Tommy a little bit of credit on that. He's known who his eight are since Cameron Indoor Arena in November. And right. so, like I said, I give him credit um, I, I, and I like the group. And I and, and there really, you know, isn't much drop off with those three. Uh, some would say no drop off at all. You know, it's funny, like the old cliche of like, oh, we don't, you know, like I was watching a little bit of Auburn last night and they were like, oh, you know, uh, Bruce Pearl says he doesn't, he might not have the best starting five in college basketball, but he's got the best starting 10, blah, 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 blah. And like the insinuation
1: being like, you, you don't know, play he's got, 10, dude. What's that? They don't. You don't play ten players. Well, it doesn't work.
0: And I will say, uh, you know, we could agree or disagree on that. For them, I think it sort of works because they don't have like the star. But, but again, I, I don't think in most cases you need that
1: many. But you need to know who your eight are. Arizona does, and I like it. All right, now let's make fun of. Uh, let's make fun of some of the recruiting geeks here in a second. But first uh circle k aaron torres when was the last time you went to circle k be honest mm. with us be honest with us don't lie
0: whenever it was it was the last time that i told you last time so we'll pull up the tape on that one
1: all right we're listen we love aaron torres in tucson so again there will be no besmirching of aaron torres not going to circle k but he should be part of the inner circle join inner circle for free by downloading the circle k app today terms and conditions apply at participating locations visit circle for details and who knows maybe you'll run into aaron torres and OG's let's say that you can't get to sleep let's say that you're uh, you're insomniac OG's is here to help check it out OG's all kinds of really good stuff to learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them head on to over, over to OG'sbrands.com KJ Lewis this to me is one of the more curious recruiting mishaps of the of recent memory it's a great At, point yep I, and you, and listen, I'm going to take a victory lap. I'm wrong on almost everything. But Aaron Torres, you and I were right about this one. We talked about this kid before the season. What was everyone missing? This is physically what a starting NBA shooting guard looks like. Now, again, he's got to round out his skills. I get all that. But you watch him. I don't worry about the shot big picture because it's not like he's shooting some kind of like weird. Lonzo ball. Yeah. Yeah. Lonzo ball thing. You're going to be fine. He's got a real head for the game. And again, physically he's already in the top percentile of any shooting guard in the world. So I don't know how so many missed out on him, Aaron, because this is, this one to me, it will be wild for the rest of my life. Well, it's funny. I, I and I've
0: said this story before, but I, um, I saw him at the Pangos all American camp going into a senior year. He was already committed. So, you know, you know, Oh, he's committed to Arizona. You know, you, you want to just at least check him out and Right away, all the things that you said stood out, you know, super athletic, super this, super that. Uh, and I was like, oh, OK, cool. And then I looked at the recruiting rankings and I don't even know it's where like he was. 89 or something. Yeah, I was going to say 90. So, yeah, so I'm not making that up in my head. Um, Look, but the only thing I would say, didn't he? I know he like
1: pl- he's something with El Paso. Did he end yeah, in El, went Paso to El Paso or start and in then El another Paso? Sp- went to El Paso and then another school, but I'm not giving them any, uh, Aaron, you're a much nicer person than I am. I'm not giving them any breaks because again, I don't care if you went to a high school in Juarez and then moved up to Banger, Maine. I can watch the guy for five seconds and be like, ooh,
0: yeah, no, looks- I agree.
1: That dude looks different. You know who he looks like? He looks like a player. He looks like one of those Jim Calhoun type wings mm. that you would bring yeah. in. Maybe not quite like different than obviously much different than a Karan Butler or a, uh, you know, or a, a Ray Allen or something, but a physical type guy that just looks the part. And you're like, yeah, you're not going to be in college long. That type of dude.
0: No, hundred percent. Um, what I was gonna say though is that sometimes when these guys don't play at the big prep schools, because we'll, we'll do a little inside baseball and recruiting, is these guys do their best. Like I don't envy the the travel schedule of these recruiting insiders, but if you play at a Mont or you play at a uh whatever, uh I am What high school do you go to, Aaron Torres? I went to Hall High School in West Hartford, Connecticut. So, okay. uh, oh, so, our, so if you our, go our to Hall,
1: Hall uh, yeah, in West Hartford, Connecticut, you're probably not going to get that kind of vibes. Well, I
0: bring you want to know why I bring that up? Donovan Klingon. He, he was like a top 40 prospect because he stayed at the local Connecticut high school mm-hmm. instead of going to prep school area. Uh, you know, Montverde wanted him, and I, I don't. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I know that the prep schools were recruiting him. And unfortunately for him, you know, uh, his mom actually passed away, and that was why he stayed close with his family. But I bring it up because it only took one trip. Because he's not only seven two, but he's athletic. Yeah, good feel for the game, whatever. But that you know, when you ask the the recruiting people, oh, I mean, we just didn't see him enough. I mean, he was put, and you know, we don't know what the competition is. It's hard to
1: see. That's what I guess is frustrating. I don't care if he's playing against you or me. If you're seven foot two and you can move in the manner in which that man can, listen, we watch a lot of college basketball. Generally, dudes that are seven foot two are kind of goons. I mean, that's just you watch somebody that can move fluidly like that, that's automatically a top 30 player to me. I just don't like how they're disrespecting the CIAC like that. You know, I
0: mean, listen, CC, uh, what was it? The CCC West, Central Connecticut Conference West. I think I was in the West Hall, is in the West. Bristol Central's in the East. Um, Yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, just disrespect to Connecticut High School, but also, but I I do think that's probably why he fell. But you're right, though. That's part of the job of an evaluator is you shouldn't have to have 10 viewings of a guy. And if he is playing at a small school, if he is playing here, if he is playing there, you should still be able to see what Mike Luke and Aaron Torres did. Listen, I got enough jobs as it is. I don't need to take on a, a scouting
1: 600 high school basketball players as well. But come on people, we need come better. People. We deserve better. We do. We do deserve better. Also, who the best player to ever come out of Central Connecticut State? It's got to be Keith Kloss, right? Central Connecticut State. Yes, but
0: we're going to go a little dark here. Do you know who the most prominent alum probably in the history of Br- Bristol Central High School is? Who? It's not Donovan Klingon. Who? It's the late Aaron Hernandez. It's the
1: late Aaron oh, Hernandez. that is wow. That's right. Well, again, I mean, if you, Aaron, Her, all right, real fun, Aaron Hernandez, pretending to be a gangbanger was one of the funniest things. Was, he is had that a tough, um, I mean, if we want to go deep dive into Aaron Hernandez,
0: I can tell you the whole story because his older brother, DJ, who now goes by a different name, uh, no big deal. I used to play against sports and him in high school. That. Um, and he, he actually played at UConn as well. Well, he played at UConn. Um, So the story is that again, um, the dad the dad was like the the dad was like the community coach, like coached all the teams. Everybody, you know, they had pizza parties at their house. Blah blah blah. blah, This and that. Now stuff came out after that. You know, whatever. Maybe it wasn't so hunky dory. But the dad passed away when DJ was at UConn and Aaron was like a sophomore in high school. And I do think he kind of got caught up in the wrong crowd. Now I will also little inside baseball. Aaron was committed to UConn at that point. And I think had he stayed at UConn, I'm not saying it just because like, I think there would have been an infrastructure in place there, whatever, but then his recruitment blew up. He got offered by Notre Dame, by Florida, by USC. He ends up going to Florida. Then he's bringing his crew with them, but he's leaving some guys behind. And, you know, let's just say that
1: urban Meyer wasn't the best influence for a a troubled young man. Is that what you're saying? Tim Tebow couldn't keep him in line. I mean, I guess nobody could, but,
0: uh, but yeah, man, it's a crazy story, but no, I mean, I, I, the specific area where he grew up in, I mean, I don't know like what house he grew up in. It wasn't, it wasn't the worst of the worst, but I think, you know, when there wasn't the father figure in his life, his brother is now away at college. uh, He got caught up in the wrong crowd. But, yes, he went to the same high school as Donovan Klingon. Also, Tim Washington, who played at Syracuse, the all-time leading rusher in the history of of Connecticut. Um, He went to Bristol Central as well. We played them.
1: He he beat us up pretty good. All right. Now, another thing Aaron Torres has been right on is Tommy Lloyd and Gonzaga. Let's talk about this for a second. Tommy Lloyd Mm -hmm. has gone to Arizona, and you've had a – now, granted, I get – hasn't had great tournament success. But Tommy Lloyd has gone to Arizona and had a one seed and a two seed, and you're heading towards a one seed again. Gonzaga, in the meantime, is starting to fall off to the point where they're looked at as a fringe NCAA tournament team. Aaron Torres was saying from day one that he thought that Tommy Lloyd was a lot bigger influence there than maybe some people were saying. No doubt. And, you know, we'll see if
0: this kind of continues at Arizona. But the thing that stood out to me about Gonzaga during those glory years is that they had the balance of the high school stars, the international stars. Then they always had that international guy that was redshirting for a year or two right. and just blew up. I mean, I can't remember everybody now, but I remember Joel. I tell you all the
1: next dudes like that.
0: Yeah. Joel Ayayi was like redshirt mm-hmm. to like the eighth guy. And then that final four, you know, team that was undefeated going into the championship game. Uh, he was like the fifth guy and he got drafted. And so right away, you know, you started to see that they didn't have that same caliber of dude. But the first year Tommy was gone, they had Chet Holmgren at Gonzaga, who basically, I don't know if Tommy had anything to do Tommy with it. Tommy was
1: recruiting. his lead recruiter, yeah.
0: That's what I thought, Gonzaga fans. Uh, the, the Twitter Gonzaga fans told me that I was wrong on that, but I thought I was right. But I bring it up to say that I think Chet kind of overshadowed a lot of, of uh, you know, and they had Andrew Nemhart too, who's playing well in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But it was really last year. Last year, they were not very good. But Drew Timmy covered up a lot, and then they got hot in the tournament. Remember, they barely beat TCU in the second round. Uh, they they
1: beat UCLA at the buzzer. But it in didn't the feel like your vintage Gonzaga no. team at all. It felt like there was definitely a step down from the nation's lead.
0: Yes, and so and so and and I remember like that first off season. I guess after Chet left, when it's just they're just getting random guys from the portal like everybody else does, and I'm like, that's not what's made them successful. And right, right. away, I said. You know the international pipeline appears to have dried up. You know nobody does it better than Tommy Lloyd, but you would have thought, you know, maybe they have another guy that has ties or whatever. And now they're just another school that brings in a bunch of transfers and hopes that it clicks, and maybe it does, and maybe it doesn't. They look but it pretty. does same, man. No, 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 no. I mean, listen. I still listen. I and this is where the metrics and the analytics bother me. Is I watch all these teams on a night-to-night basis. Um, I think Gonzaga's one of the best thirty-two or thirty-three at-large candidates. I think it's thirty-six mm-hmm. at-large candidates. I think they're better than like Providence right now or whoever. Right, but they don't have the resume, and they aren't who they were. And that's all that matters. I mean, listen, all, all you need to know is before they they won at Rupp Arena, they lost to St. Mary's at home a few days ago. So, right. um, so yeah, I was I was ahead on that, dude. This is how it is. And, by the way, I was four months ahead on Zach Eady getting crushed by everyone in the media and now it's just a common talking point and this is you know and this is why i appreciate arizona fans because you know
1: it's like the full caleb love experience the full aaron torres experience when you, they're, you they're know not the, you know what the watershed moment for you i think where everybody broke through and they realized how great the great aaron torres was when it comes to zach Eady was the 46 to 8 free throw uh game against but that was a game
0: but i was saying that two months ago No, that's i'm saying i am a hot love- take artist um right. I'm not going to name names because um, I don't know if you're friends with them, but that loser Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated. But I'm not yeah. naming names. No, oh, he panders to certain fan. Bases. Oh no, no, no! I'm he sorry that I, way I way have is. people that care about what I have to say, brother. I'm sorry that I care about what people. I, I'm sorry that people care about what I have to say. I'm not pandering to
1: anybody. It's just a fact, and everybody's but, talking about it. And I well, was Well, you right. know, what, here's mean. the other thing too. Zach Eadie, as great as Zach Eadie is, somebody put a stat out there about. Zach E.D. is not Shaquille O'Neal at the college level. I think we would agree with this. Wow. It's yeah, that's gr- not too, yeah. Shaquille O'Neal didn't even have close to some of these uh, free throw disparity games at LSU that Zach E.D. Well, does. And here's the other thing. Zach E.D. a good
0: foul shooter. And right. this was like people were like, well, of course he's going to get fouled. I mean, I'm like, he's like a 76% free throw shooter. So that's the game plan is right. to send a 76% free throw shooter to the foul line 20 times. Right. So you're just giving them 50, like on top of what he's going to get in the paint. So, I mean, okay. we don't have to talk to that we've talked to Aaron Hernandez and Zach Edy. I know we want to probably want to get back to
1: Arizona. No, well, we're going to make fun of the big 10 in a second. We're not getting Ooh. out of there. I will make fun of the big 10 because you're a national guy. I'm a local guy. No, so I, I can care. do that maybe more, but first, have you been at the Gila river resorts and casinos, Aaron Torres? True story about me. I love casinos.
0: I've never been. I'm not even a huge gambler, but I said this on my show the other day. We are talking about the Vegas Super Bowl. Is uh, when I'm retired, like some guys like to golf and whatever, I'm just going to go sit in a sports book all day, nurse a Bud Light or nurse a Coors Light or whatever, and just watch games. you retire
1: to Tucson? Would you give it some thought? Yeah, sure. I mean, seriously, you would never think about it this way. You would never have to actually pay your own bet. Those bets would be furnished for you. you, uh, You're like the conquering king coming back to Tucson. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. All right. Uh, But Gila River Resorts and Casinos, just like Aaron Torres, you do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. Visit play at Gila.com for more details and the Arizona Lottery. Aaron Torres, I've never won anything in my life, but I still try to get the Arizona Lottery. You want to know why? Because the Arizona Lottery is not about just playing games and winning prizes. It's also about giving back to the uh, state and its communities. Visit azadventure.com for more adve- uh, information on how you can take an uh, adventure for a chance to win $1 million in cash and Arizona travel prizes. All right. Let's talk about the Pac-12. And let's make fun of the uh, Let's uh, let's talk about the Pac-12 and then uh, make fun of it, and then my, my second
0: topic is Big Ten related. By the way, so make sure I get my topic. In. Oh, <laughs> dude, trust me, we're getting to the Big Ten.
1: I got a lot of Big Ten talk. All right, and here's, dude. I'm I know a lot of people are nostalgic about it. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, by the way, Aaron Torres getting a lot of kudos in the comments. I'm gonna hmm. get up right here. Like Torres, Zona fans woke up to off. Oh, cowardly coddling nature of corporate college basketball. Uh, people value authenticity these days. Hence, why relatively uh, boring people like Sweeney equals butthurt. Okay, yeah. now listen. This, this question right here: How many Big Ten teams they'll put in eighty? We'll get to that. In a <laughs> I am okay with. The, listen, football was awesome, but I am more than okay with the Pac-12 dissolving mainly because of basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport, and Aaron the, the support for basketball in this conference sucks. It just sure. is when, when ASU has maybe the second best fan base as far as pop or as attendance. Wow. And we've, and we've seen some of those pictures. Um, it, it, it's an issue. You go to Oregon state, nobody's there. You go to Washington state, nobody's there. You go to Oregon, nobody's there. You go to UCLA, nobody's there. It is the most apathetic basketball conference outside of Arizona. There is in the country. It's crazy.
0: Well, it goes back to something we talked about last time I was on. You said something to the effect of, oh, why don't we get Torres out for a regular season game to Tucson? And I sure. said, hate to say it, man. I looked at the schedule, uh, you know, and I do radio on Saturday. So there's not a lot of windows. You know, listen, I mean, could I come Arizona, out?
1: Stanford isn't doing it for you?
0: Yeah, you know, listen, I, I love I love the Cardinal. I love the big tree. Uh, I love Mark Madsen at Cal but i don't know that i'm rearranging my schedule to get out there on a thursday so one thing i will say and, and you know this is something i thought this will about. change
1: next year though aaron torres oh,
0: i thought about this and i haven't tweeted it yet but we do think so much about realignment in college in football terms mm-hmm. brett, you brett yormark getting forget all the other per, per you know, other stuff, I was w- ancillary stuff. I was going to say proliferary, which I don't even think is a word. Ancillary stuff, well, the BYUs, good. the C- Central Florida's, but don't call them Central Florida. They get mad. They go by UCF. Houston and Arizona, from a basketball perspective, is just so monstrous. And then, of right. course, the blue blood in Kansas. Iowa State is trending as a really good program. Baylor is as well. Have so, you
1: been to a game in Iowa State? Everybody has told me that Iowa State, outside of Fog, is probably the best home court advantage in the Big Twelve. I have not been to a game, but I've had a lot. What of is your? So about.
0: have you figured out? Like obviously, we don't know the schedule yet. How many are you going to make a few trips with? The yeah, Patriots? I have. And I've been to.
1: I have actually been. I've seen Arizona play Fog in uh, twenty. Uh, what was that? Twenty oh three. I was at that game. It was oh, wow. fantastic. Um, so I've been there. I'm trying to think of the other games that I've been to, but I would love to go to that you know, one. A couple um, ones that
0: I hear are amazing. First of all, I know it's become cliche, but like Texas Tech is for big games. Everyone says it's crazy. The other one that I actually do want to get to that I have not um, is BYU. BYU yeah. in the mountains. It is insane. That's another one that I haven't been to, but I hear that place for a big game is absolutely amazing. And uh, that would be one I would want to get to as well. But Fog is incredible. I've said it, you know, next time, you know, ne- whenever Arizona plays their first game, I better see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, Arizona crew. Sorry. go I, ahead. I was
1: just thinking, can we get you to commit? To, you know, that uh, Duke is coming down here next year, Ooh, but that's like November, though. Right. Aaron Torres. Come on, Aaron Torres. You got that. Fo- you got that Fox Sports money. Come on. Um.
0: Can we get you to commit no. on the spot
1: right now? at The 2711 mark of uh, what is today? The February 15th, to, 2024. Can we get you to commit right now? Um, I'll tell you what. Let, let's see what the schedule looks
0: like. Let's talk it over. It's just, you know, can you get, can you tell Tommy to do the Gonzaga, Kentucky played in February thing? That would be very beneficial to Torres' schedule, if that's at all possible.
1: Okay. All right. We that will, will all...
0: never happen because the conference schedule is actually going to be tough next year. So he's not going to want to have Duke coming into town. I think they might have already announced the game, though. Have they already? I think they may have already announced the schedule.
1: Right. Let's talk about, oh, uh, I'm sure they have. Uh, Is what, for Arizona Duke? I think so, yeah. I think, like, Rothstein, like, the day that the series was announced had both. Yeah, no, it's out for sure. Um, Let's talk about the Big 12, though, for a second. Arizona, I've been telling Arizona fans this for a while. Because, again, a lot of times Arizona fans are used to going 17 and, you know, two. You're going to drop some games next year. I mean, just look at Kansas this year. Kansas, in my opinion, over uh, right now, if you were looking at futures for the next two, three, four years, Kansas and UConn are are those two are those two schools just because, I mean, you look at what Bill Self has done. I know it's a little bit maybe of a down year. They're only ranked eighth in the country. Um, You see what UConn is doing, obviously, Um, but after but you know, and then it goes to show you you UConn or Kansas is struggling this year somewhat in the big 12, Arizona is going to lose some games and that is okay because you're going to get used to, it. it's going to be a lot tougher environments. It's going to be environments. This team isn't uh, used to. And I think the Tommy Lloyd's team will be all the better for it. I'll put it to you like this is the best way I can put it. I'm all over the place like usual, but I would rather go 16 and six in the big 12. than 18 and two in the Pac 12. Um, Because to me, the 16 and six is going to get me a lot more b- battle tested for March than the 18 and two will
0: real quick. When you say 16 and six, are they going to a 22 game league schedule? Nah, I know. I just realized my math sucks.
1: No, but. it's okay. Okay. I just want to make sure. Cause I was
0: like, that is a big, you know, development in the toughest league in the we sport. Have, if that's the we case. break news left and right on okay. this show, Aaron
1: Torres, they are going to a 22 game conference. Okay. Schedule. Yeah, no, I mean,
0: listen, I mean, that's, that's where we're headed is all these, um, power conferences, just want as many conference games as possible. um, but no, 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 no. I, I agree. And I and that's why I joke about the Duke game. There's no way he puts it uh in uh in 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 January and February because the league schedule is gonna be so much tougher. And I do have something more, you know, I I do have wonder I do wonder, I'm tripping over my words here. I do wonder if as time goes on. Um, if it's more likely that he scales back the out of conference, because I'm, the conference I'm, I'm is curious over. about that as well. Yes. Yeah. My, my guess would be that he does. I mean, you'll obviously play something relevant around Thanksgiving, whether it's a Maui invitational in Atlantis, a one-off like this year. And, you know, I think he's very keen on the home and homes, but I, I don't, you know, are you going to play Florida Atlantic? Are you going to play, you know, they, they played what five, six relevant teams, um, this year, by the way, so next year, real quick. So Duke at home, does Purdue come back to Arizona and you guys go to Birmingham or something like that, right? Yeah. You correct. already know go that to
1: Birmingham for Alabama, I believe. Uh, and people, if you're out there, uh, p- put this on there. Cause you're smarter than me. I believe that Arizona, I believe that Arizona and Purdue might be in Phoenix. Um, yeah. That, that's I why so. I, I think that's what it is. And Arizona's going to Birmingham, by the way, that Alabama win looking pretty good now, all of a sudden. That was another way yeah. at the time, you know, Bama was struggling, but uh, they just yeah. played a brutal schedule. I mean, they their schedule was in Purdue's in Las Vegas. Yes, correct. Thank you, Ryan oh, Mitchell, really the great did. Ryan Mitchell. Um, But uh, Arizona, I mean, you look at Arizona's schedule, look at some By of the way, team. have a plus have a plus 38 free throw advantage in Vegas. Yeah. People are going to be asking some questions.
0: That's yeah. Awesome. headache
1: Smith might be around the corner. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly.
0: So somebody's going to be showing up to the Purdue bus with a, with a crowbar, but that's neither here nor there.
1: So you've got, uh, I mean, look at some of the wins though, joking. I mean, uh, that Arizona's got, you got the game at Duke, obviously you beat Alabama. Um, those are, some pretty, those are some pretty good wins. The Michigan State win hasn't really, I think, uh, uh, traveled the way that some people thought. But I believe that Arizona, I'm at the point now, everybody with Arizona fans are like, well, we got this game. I believe Arizona is good enough, just like the really good teams, that if they play their game, especially against these crappy schools, that they should take care of business. I don't even really care who Arizona plays at this point going forward. Oh, and Wisconsin, here's what's Wisconsin. Let's just get into the Big Ten here. Wisconsin That's is another fake good team. When I saw that they were ranked fourth in the country or sixth in the country, I watched Wisconsin. That is the epitome of fake good Big Ten basketball, Aaron Torres.
0: So it's funny. So two things. First of all, it is funny. You know, they say Torres panders to all these fan bases, right? Well, week one of the season, I think it might have been the same night that Arizona beat Duke. Tennessee goes to Wisconsin and wins by double figures. Mm -hmm. And it's crickets. Right. And then whatever, whatever, whatever. And then two weeks ago, Purdue goes to Wisconsin and wins. And, oh, my – well, I mean, that, that was the toughest test they've had. True road game in the league. That is an unbelievable – Tennessee did the exact same thing. Right. I know it was in November. I know we start paying more attention to college hoops right now. But, you know, it's almost the reverse of SEC football is, like, we we prop up these teams. I've said for years, listen, and I've said this on this show. I've said it on my show because I've been asked – why does the Big Ten always get so overranked? The bottom line is you can draw. We just talked about 22 league games. Okay, you can draw a direct parallel between this uptick in the Big Ten getting all these seeds with the year that they were the first conference to go to 20 league games because basically they've they've cooked the books on the on the on the computers, right? Right. Um. You know they play they play in that big. Well, they used to play the Big Ten ACC. They don't anymore. They play that Gavit games against the the Big East. They all play in a Thanksgiving tournament as they should. Now you add 20 league games to it. All of a sudden, you're talking about 27, 28, 26 power conference games. So you look better in the computers. Um, And they've cooked the books. That's all there is to it. Wisconsin is fake. Uh, You know, I I do think AJ Store, who transferred from uh, St. John's, brings a little something more than they've had. Yeah, but but they're
1: still fake, though.
0: They're fake. Northwestern's fake, and you know that's the other thing I will say. Like everybody thinks that I hate Purdue. Like I give credit. They're twenty-two and two. Yeah, the resume's awesome. Yeah, the resume's awesome. They were very good in the out of conference. Um, but I do wonder, like you know, because even this time last year they got a one seed, but I think they had about three conference losses by this four. Maybe I think they had four conference losses by this point. They have two now. One was back in December. And everyone's like, "Oh, I mean, you know, I mean, they're running away with the league and it's like they are, but are they that good or is the league that bad?" Like, and and by the way, to the, to the league's credit, those conf, those out those road venues are very tough. Wisconsin is a tough place to play. Um, Nebraska where they lost is a tough place to play. Illinois is a tough place to play, although they don't play at Illinois this year. So,
1: there are tough venues. But I don't know how good. Yeah, but I agree. I totally agree. But those aren't good teams, though. Those are tough venues. Illinois doesn't stink. I'll give you that. But um, But they don't play Illinois on the road. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Nebraska. I mean, come on. You just mentioned Nebraska ball. Um, Think about it this way. I got a stat for you, Aaron Torres. Okay. I believe that Nebraska ball is I could be wrong on this. I believe it is the only school in power five remaining that has not won ever won an NCAA tournament game. Here's my it, question: mm-hmm. If you're a Nebraska ball fan, do you even want to win a tournament game at this point? Because that is what's kind of holding. That might be your little uh, and you're just another team that sucks. Now yeah, you're just another run. team that sucks. Wouldn't you almost want to keep that? I'd probably like to win a game in the tournament. I mean, all I'm right, going, man, I, you but, have high standards on this show, Aaron. Towards. I do, I do. Yeah, for Nebraska basketball, yeah. I expect. Your guy, Doug, than- your guy Doug Gottlieb uh, was on the show a while back. Oh. What does that guy know? And um, he made a. Uh, by the way, you filling in for Gottlieb anytime soon?
0: Well, actually, I am. I, um, I, uh, next Wednesday I will be in. And as a matter of fact, as we were logging on, I got a text from my boss that I haven't confirmed yet. So breaking news. Cause my boss doesn't even know. Um, he asked me if I would like to fill in next Friday, which would be the
1: 23rd. That probably sounds about right.
0: Um, so. Assuming that he hasn't given away my shift before then, uh, I will also be in for Doug on the 23rd. Yes.
1: Very good. Very good. Doug Gottlieb. uh, um, Arizona fans a lot of times don't like Doug Gottlieb. I'm totally cool with Doug Gottlieb. I like Doug Gottlieb. Um, I have no problem with Doug Gottlieb. Plus, I really respect... I respect West Coast people. Again, not necessarily West Coast homers. I don't need that, but I res- I respect people that clearly watch West Coast basketball.
0: Well, and he lo- he's he and this is why he he I, I, you know, he really likes me and I, I'm very fortunate for that. But he knows like the actual stuff that like there's a lot of people, even people that like cover the sport. Yeah. That you know, uh like on TV that say they're experts, but they don't really know how stuff goes on behind the scenes. And, okay, this person's doing this, but that person's doing that. And, oh, this person's already quietly accepted this job, but nobody knows. Like, Doug knows the inside of college basketball. Yeah. And, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, he can't share publicly. Uh, you know, people that know what they're talking about can't share publicly. But I just bring it up because he cares. He has a passion for the sport. I love him. I actually was texting with him probably about a week ago. Uh, but he, he truly has a passion for the sport. Um, and there are a lot of mainstream guys that,
1: again, cover it that I don't think even have a passion for. It. He made a great point on this show where he, he said, said, listen, um, and he said the other way that the Big Ten always gets overrated is this, is that they're generally a lot of times they're older, more yes. and he's like I don't have metrics to put this. He says, but I know what I see. They're older guys that aren't probably going off to the NBA early. He says, I think you could probably prove that pretty quickly. And so the, they play much better. In November, in December, when teams are such a
0: great point. I had
1: never heard that. Yeah. And when teams are still figuring it out. Yeah. It wasn't my point. That's why I had to make sure I quoted it right because it wouldn't have been from me. And then he's like, but you got to remember, these teams are maxed at November 25th. He said, so when you go into March and they all get knocked in the first round, who cares about that when they had earlier in the season against Texas, because that's Texas is a lot better now. Whereas, uh I'm I can't even remember he's in the big 10 anymore. Uh, Michigan or Indiana is the exact same team. One yeah. team gets better. The other team doesn't. And that's always kind of a uh, hit home with me on that.
0: No, especially, I mean, especially with the COVID year. I mean, I think Wisconsin specifically, I think has two guys that would have otherwise been out of eligibility. And, like, this is still my thing with Purdue. Like, Purdue fans think I hate them. It's just ultimately at the end of the day, and this is where we led the conversation, is um, is that ultimately at the end of the day, we can sit here and pretend it's about this, it's about that. It's about do you have NBA dudes or not? NBA dudes win in March. That's all that freaking matters. And so, like, I still, with Purdue, it's like, by the way, people were like, uh, I saw, like, somebody was like, oh, I think, Zach Eadie's moved into the top 15. Zach Eadie is not going to be a top 15 pick. Please freaking stop. Okay. But even if we, even if we are generous and say that Zach Eadie is a first rounder, which I'm not sure that he is. um, There's still not an NBA player on their roster. And so it's like, I just, it's hard for me to get excited. Now I will say what's very interesting about the way this season has unfolded. Mike is I was on an Indiana radio station the other day and I asked them and they confirmed this. It's like, it does feel like for a team that has never made the Final Four in the modern era, I think 1980, it kind of feels like a Final Four bus type year. Like, this kind of feels like the year yeah. where my buddy Matt Painter, who said anybody who questions the foul discrepancy doesn't know basketball. He did say that on my show. He wasn't talking about me necessarily. Because
1: he knows how important that is to his team come March. He needs those calls. That's why he's so defensive about it. Well,
0: I, I think mean. this is the year. If you lose in the Sweet 16, I, j- let's just say you get to the Sweet Sixteen. You losing the Sweet 16 to some four seed, you know, the 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 sixth best team in the SEC or the fifth best team in the Big East, this is the year I think – well, he got heat last year, but I, I think this is the year, like, he, he really, really
1: gets heat, so. I would agree with it. You know, something, though, that does not get heat is Empire flooring. All right, Aaron Torres. I can tell by your background right there that that looks Aaron Torres coming from the command bunker in uh, actually Malibu. How about that? Are you in Malibu? Where should we say you are, though? Like the actual city? The PHNX bunker. I could be anywhere. You could be anywhere. Yeah. We're, it's we're, not, it's we're, like Margaritaville. It's not a place. It's a state of mind. It, you know? It's a state of mind. Correct. It's like the Caleb Love experience. That's pretty much what <laughs> we get. <laughs> that, that is true. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, Empire Flooring, though, check it out. My parents have actually utilized Empire Flooring. They're much, du- they're much, they're almost said they're much dumber. They're much smarter people than I am. Schedule a free in home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off uh, discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash PHNX for details. And. The BetMGM Sportsbook app, my friends. Here's all kinds of good stuff. Listen to this. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least $5. You will receive $150 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out show notes for details. Let's hear Damon with the disclaimer. New York. Call wager. Please responsibly. next Arizona for confidential help, This offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Call-
0: can I ask you now? Can I do my Big Ten thing?
1: You could all, yeah, dude. The floor is yours, my friend.
0: Okay. Um. So here is the question: Is there one man and one man only that can save Big Ten basketball? Is it Sean Miller going to
1: Ohio State? Dude, do you have a take on that? I do have a take on this. I definitely have a take on it. First of all, he'd be fantastic at Ohio State. He'd be like a real coach there, not one of these fake Greg Gard type coaches. Yeah, he would be a real coach for sure. I would hire him in a second. My question is this. If you're Sean Miller though, and again, I'm I you're the you're you buddies with Miller. I don't really know we'll him. Talk back. to him in a minute, but yes. Um, but here's my question. Xavier and again, Ohio State's a better job than Xavier. That's not what I'm saying. But Xavier is also the school that you know, even though you were on the outs yeah. with no real reason why, and the people like Aaron Torres that did uh, Yeoman's work, uh, you know, reporting facts. Sure. But either way, Sean Miller was had a uh, had a had a black mark on him, and Xavier was the one that stepped in and embraced him with open arms. My question is this: If you're Miller. Do you Are you bouncing two years into Xavier, or do you feel that you – I don't know. I mean, but – Well, and here's my question on that. How long is that window where you have to just be grateful for the opportunity that they gave you? That I don't know. And honestly, I can't begrudge anybody – I can't begrudge Miller for whatever he decides there. If he decides to go to Ohio State, then I totally get it. I mean, keep in mind, I mean, they did go to a Sweet 16 last year. So, you know, he does have that – but I also just wonder how much of that, you know, I yeah. mean, cause this dude was raked through the coals. I do wonder just how much of that loyalty factor steps in as well. I just don't know. You know, I just don't, I don't know. Um, well, but I could, I could totally oh, at Ohio state, he would be perfect. His style of play he would recruit and they wouldn't be fake. Good. Like you said.
0: Yeah, no, a couple of things. Um, one, um, I, I don't know and I haven't talked to him and I, you know whatever i don't i don't know what his ambitions are i i and and i will say like that is a real thing if somebody gives you a chance when nobody else will it's why i wonder like chris beard is he going to bounce after at old miss after one year cuz there right. are going to be there's somebody will offer him something i oh, don't he's know he's an awesome coach and he's an awesome coach exactly yeah. but is he loyal or is it time to get to the next big thing and i and this that's the same with Sean. so i don't know where his loyalty is. I will say, I think Xavier is a tougher job even than when he just took it two years ago, just because of how NIL has evolved. So I I don't know what he'll do, but I, I think two things. One, I think he'd kill there two, Sometimes I don't love getting the older coach that has had success. Um, Cause I think sometimes they're just setting their ways and yeah, this is sure. how I've always done it. I'm not hiring think, John B line just to hire John B line. Yeah. Like I think of like when Texas A&M football tried to hire Mark Stoops and like on paper, it's like, well, I mean, if he's doing this at Kentucky, imagine what he could do at Texas yeah. A&M and A&M fans were like, oh uh, yeah, no, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I only bring it up because with Sean, I feel like because of the way it ended at Arizona, because he did not get obviously as Arizona fans know that elusive uh, uh, final
1: four trip, I still think he's got that chip on his shoulder. I know he's only like 54, 55, so he's oh, not you can like, tell he's very motivated. And you know what I you know what I like about it too? I'm I'm a big believer. I think I think with Miller, listen, Miller did a lot. I I always say this about Sean Miller. He made Arizona a 2 coach basketball school. Yeah, and again, I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, you know, a lot of uh boomers that are going to tell me, "Well, what about Fred Snowden?" That's not what I'm saying. I appreciate that. Sean Miller was the second one that made Arizona consistently nationally relevant. So it's not Arizona is not in danger ever again of being UNLV or Georgetown or Maryland Mm -hmm. where you're a one coach school. Miller did that Miller, though. I also thought, though, with all the talent that he got, he constricted the players a little bit. Um, They're just I don't think there's any doubt about that. You watch his teams at Xavier, though. He's clearly especially last year. He's let some go. He doesn't. He doesn't just focus on the official for, you know, five minutes the way he did. I think that year off, Aaron, made him a, I mean, not that he wasn't a good coach before, but made him a much better coach all the way around with that year off.
0: Well, and it's funny because he did say when he came on my podcast during that time off, like he did say, like, "Oh, you know, I've been watching more, and I've learned so much, and da da da." And everybody says that, but just because you say it doesn't mean right. you're when you know when you're in the wars that you're actually going to implement it. And so I agree. I think he'd get better players at Ohio State, and I think you know, uh, uh, with the players he could get, and the sist- if he was true to what he's doing. That's that's the guy that nobody wants at Ohio State. So, again, to your point, I don't know if he feels an allegiance to Xavier. I'll say this, too, like because it's a private school. I don't know how easy it is for them to even get him out of that contract. He could have some insane buyout. But uh, but he's the guy if he is available, that would be the guy I'd go after hard. If I was, you know,
1: uh, you know, another guy. Let me ask you this. You know more. You're on the ground there, obviously. What's going on? And I know that they've won some games of late. I get it. What's going on with UCLA and Mick Cronin? This thing does not feel like this is going to end well.
0: Well, you know, I was thinking about, and I said this on my show today, is with Mick, you know, he signed that huge extension. I don't think it was that it was the last time Louisville opened. So it was two years ago. Um, And he signed that extension was after they went to the final four and then they went to a sweet 16, I think, whatever. And it paid him probably more money than he ever thought he was going to coach basketball. But it also has this insane buyout where I think even after this year, so I think it's like April 2024, it's still like $16 million or something like that. And I do wonder if he regrets signing that contract. haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to anybody close to him. But I bring it up to say I think he would be, if not the favorite to land Ohio State, if not the favorite to land Louisville, he'd be in the very short one to two to three name discussion
1: on both of those jobs. They both probably make more sense for him. Um, He just looks miserable in L.A. He doesn't feel like an L.A. guy. He feels like you said, like an Ohio State, like a Louisville. That it just doesn't you watch him and it just doesn't look like. And again, it's you know what I think it was. Honestly, I think he got spoiled by coaching
0: a bunch of 23 and 24 year olds. Like, you know, I've been very critical of Steve Alford, who, by the way, is actually being, you know, doing very well at uh, Nevada. He's right where he should be.
1: Yeah, and, and no, that's he's, not a bad thing. He's right. No, he it's not.
0: Be. It's not. And and um, but Steve left him a lot of talent. Now credit to Mick to retaining it, but it's a lot less stressful of a job when you have Tiger Campbell in his fourth year in your program, David Singleton his fourth year, Jaime Hockes, who's obviously you know I don't follow Clark. Yeah, I don't follow the NBA, but like I think Hockes might be Jaquez like one been of the been awesome. for the be first year. team yeah. all rookie. Yeah. So. I think that's what it is, is I, I I just think he doesn't like coaching 17, 18 year olds. And what I would also add UCLA, I don't, and this is true. Like this is not his fault, but it has been historically a tough place to get in a lot of transfers. Um, You know, you know, like it's not a place that you can just do what Rick Patino did last summer and just bring in 11 new guys. And so when all those guys leave, you know by the way you couldn't get anybody behind them because nobody wanted to sit behind them now i think he thought maybe he gets another year out of amari bailey something like that but i only bring it up because once those guys leave it's not like you have that next group that's ready to go but then you also can't go to the portal and just bring in eight new guys either so i think more than la i just think he is frustrated i think he's frustrated by coaching young kids and the other thing i will say which i don't you can't really blame him for um He's used to being at Cincinnati. Like Cincinnati, when they were good, I mean, you know, they, from what I remember, they sold out every single game, or right. it looked like a sellout on TV. Like, I don't think that he was ready for like, there's hey, more we people have- in
1: your living room than in a UCLA game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is there somebody yeah. I don't know about? Uh, yeah, a lot. No. So I'm
1: saying there's still more people.
0: Yeah, no, and um, I, I think you kind of know, but I think you kind of assume, hey, if we win, people will come. And it's just not really like that. It's like you got to win and be fun, and the opponent has to be interesting, and then maybe people will come. I will say though, by the way, it is miserable getting to Westwood in the middle of the week. In defense oh. of UCLA fans, it's brutal. But let me
1: ask you this: If you're, let's say, Kentucky flames out early again, which I think there's a good oh, chance, man, you didn't listen to my podcast on Monday. I did a whole segment on this, but go ahead. I did. I saw your headline. I didn't watch it though. I do. No, mind. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Can John Calipari go to Louisville? Well, that we did not talk about. Um, I I knew that I was going to take a little bit of an angle that you did. Why can't John Calipari take Louisville? Can if Kentucky wants to move on from him, he would kill it immediately at Louisville. Um, that'd be the ultimate. You why, he? Rick Petino did it. Well, the only thing I, I time say, in between, but
0: yeah, yeah. The only thing I would say to that, and this is going to sound crazy, it's so good. I, I'm going to text my buddy who covers Louisville right after we get off the phone with this. As crazy as it sounds, the only reason I think Louisville might not be excited is because Kenny Payne, their current coach, was Calipari's longtime assistant, and and now it's like, well, I mean, that guy was obviously – Calipari was carrying him, whatever. But, I mean, to go from Calipari's lead assistant, I mean, I guess maybe because it's Calipari, it's different. You would hire
1: John Calipari if you're the Louisville AD. But let me say
0: this, though. Like, if Tommy Lloyd came and completely flamed out, and this is year three – it, by last year, it was like, oh, my God, this is the worst the program has ever been. I mean, I guess Mark Few would be a candidate, but would, like, Arizona fans be, like, fired up to get Mark Few? I don't, I don't know,
1: you know? But, but I mean, good thing you yeah, don't have to worry about word, huh? it. But, yeah, yay or nay, right now, the great Aaron Torres, if you were the Louisville Athletic Director and you have the chance to bring in John Calipari as your head coach, knowing all of that you just said, are you pulling the trigger?
0: Probably. I mean, it depends who you could get. It, and the other thing, too, is there's so, like – Everyone just, you know, and this is where I think me covering college football and college basketball helps me is because college basketball, they don't know how coaching searches really go down. Like, there's so many variables of not only just fit, interest, would the wife move there, would the kids move there? There's also these things called buyouts, right? So it's like, you know, there's a lot of interesting candidates for Louisville, right? So, like, if you can get Chris Beard, who's 12 or 13 years younger, right? would you take Chris Beard? But then the counter is... Chris Beard obviously has some off the court baggage. So it's like, you know, like I know for a fact, there are certain media members in Louisville that do not care what Chris Beard was accused of doing. And then the charges were dropped at Texas. Right. There are a lot of people in the media that do care people that carry big voices. And so there's just so many variables with all these guys. So like Calipari, like if you're asking me would I hire Calipari tomorrow, like, I don't know. Is Chris Beard available? like, if Kenny Payne quits and I don't have to pay him a buyout and I can pay Nate Oates his buyout. Like, so there's a lot of variables. I, Jay I, Wright Is Jay Wright done with college basketball? The only, I think he is. Um, now I've said, you know, that video that you didn't watch, I said, if I was Kentucky and it just goes totally sideways, that would be like, I would do the foot. Cause we haven't seen this really in football y- or basketball yet. And maybe Ohio state was a precursor of this. Cause they just paid a $14 million buyout. But, if I was Kentucky or whoever really good, good jobs, like not, not like good jobs, like Ohio state, but like great jobs. Like yeah. if Duke, like if John Shire just totally flames out, if Hubert Davis misses the term again next year, whatever Jay Wright would be the first one that I would just be like 10 years, hundred million done. Right. Like we'll, we'll, we'll figure out it's like, it's like Rick George talking about Deion Sanders. Do you have right. the money? No, we'll figure it out though. Don't worry about right. it. We'll, we'll figure out the money. That's what I would do with Jay, right? I, I truly believe the only situations he'd come back are maybe, maybe, maybe a Kentucky or a UNC. And I do think like if Villanova just totally flames out, they're going to come miss- back to save Villanova. He might, but he like he's so invested in Kyle Neptune working like they've even like this isn't even like inside baseball. Like I think they said on one of the broadcasts lately, they're like, yeah, Jay is still very actively involved with the program. Like I think he uh, like he he's at the games. Like, he wants that guy to succeed so bad, but they're going to miss the tournament again this year.
1: Yeah, he doesn't feel like the guy.
0: Well, and the other thing is, they spent a ton on NIL. And, like, their fans openly talk about it. They're like, I mean, I'll just say what their fans are saying. I don't know if it's true. They're like, we have a $3 million roster. Like, that's what they say that they put together for this particular team. So, and I, I will say, and I know we're probably short on time or whatever, but, like, this is the interesting thing about college sports going forward. If you're going to now ask fans on top of everything else, right. tickets, donations, this, that, now you're asking them to pay the players, you better get the players that help you win because this is what is happening. I saw an article the other day Florida football is having trouble raising NIL money. Right. And it's like they're not having trouble raising any NIL, right. NIL money. They're just not giving it to this coach. And once that, once you can't get that money to get the guys that you need, you're, you're done. You're freaking done. And yeah. so, Villanova is going to lose everybody off this year's team, and I don't think they're going to be able to replace them. And so, I don't know. But to answer your question, I would say like fifteen percent. If Villanova completely bottoms out uh, in the next, you know, two off seasons, and then
1: if not, I would say even less than that. All right, Aaron Torres, where can they find you doing all of your stuff? With the people with the long resumes, I prefer to have them read it because I'll no, read gonna... something out. Aaron Torres, tell the people where they can find you. The people want to know.
0: Yes, uh, Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter. Uh, we also have our Torres on Arizona page, uh, which is all Arizona all the time. It's run by an Arizona student. Uh, they yep. do a great, great, great job. Um, and then uh, the Aaron Torres podcast, it's basically five times a week now. Uh a little bit of a lighter show on Friday. I don't know what the, we're going to talk about tomorrow yet. I haven't figured it out. You yeah, I never know until I go right on the show. Anyway, you don't need to do it. Maybe who's number three? Is it the Arizona Wildcats? Do you guys yeah. play. You guys don't play tonight, right? Uh no, just Saturday. Okay, good. So One that that, that will stay relevant through the morning. I can't have you losing to like Washington State or something. Like no, that, don't
1: worry. Right? Well, we got AS. Plus, we got ASU Saturday, uh, so we should be able to win that game as well. So you could just even predict an Arizona win, and it'll still be Evergreen. OK, very good. So, yeah. So podcast
0: Aaron Torres podcast and then obviously Fox Sports Radio on the weekends. And then for Doug Gottlieb uh, next Tuesday or what? We- next Wednesday and apparently Friday, if the if, if it's still available once we get off air here.
1: All right. He's the great Aaron Torres. I am merely Mike Luke. We will be back with you tomorrow with Kyle Dodd previewing Arizona ASU. Aaron Torres, always follow him, always support him. He has been the man for Arizona. On that note, you've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.